There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. If you're seriously hurt in an accident, you'll want all the money you deserve. That's called justice. But there wouldn't be lawyers if justice was easy. No, justice is not easy. It's fought for and it's won. At Brown and Crouppen, we fight for justice every day. If you want some, call 222-2222. Because at Brown and Crouppen, justice is our business. Is it show that it's charging, bro? Yeah, for sure charging. Sweet. Got that green joint. Nice. It didn't charge overnight. Oh, I hate that. I have my charging pad, and if I half asleep to try to put it back on the pad, sometimes it doesn't get that perfect spot. No, I don't. Sucks. Yeah. Ryan Kelly, morning after. Appliance discounter is 8 o'clock hour. Timothy Michael McKernan, Douglas Alvin Vaughn, Plowhawk, Action Jackson, Ken Strode uh, is out today. After the first half of On the assignment. Yeah. Correct. He had three crest falls in one hour. Is that what it was? Three crest falls. Yeah. He can he can take a lot, but not all day. And sometimes it just breaks his heart. Well, we say all day, but mm-hmm. he's home before the price is right is over. Well, that's true. Yeah. You'll be fine. Uh, you can submit uh, your application to be the TMA Listener of the Month for February. It's brought to you by Milagro Tequila. Welcome to a brighter side of tequila with Milagro. TMASTL.com is where you submit your application. Beer Cats winning the month of January. Um, and uh, you can be the month of February winner uh, by going to TMASTL.com. Appliance Discounter, sponsor of our 8 o'clock hour. If you're in the market for an appliance, look no further than Appliance Discounters. And their 80,000-square-foot warehouse full of GE appliances and other major brands ready for delivery. Shop online at theappliancediscounters.com, where pricing has been adjusted to beat all the competition. It's the Appliance Discounter. Send your emails in for our design, air, heating, and cooling. Email today, the morning after, at insidestl.com. Buck Swope and Ashley Martin are tied with one win apiece. And, of course, you can call in 636-9004-TMA. Uh, Steve Schmidt Kia, North County, phone line 636-9004-TMA, and text in our engineered, designed facilities text inbox EDF, the sponsor of the engineered, designed facilities text inbox. The number, store it in your phone and become a friend of the feather, 314-881-TMA5. Boy, Mr. Licks is going after you in that uh, Why? EDF text inbox. It seems like he's launching an investigation. Who's he going after? I think Jackson. He's actually starting to annoy me. Oh, really? oh. Block him. Block him. Block him. 
If you have visibility to your company or place of business's commercial fire alarm panel and system, email fire at edf-rg.com. And we'll have a technician come out and provide a free evaluation of your system and offer the most competitive contract pricing in the market. You can also check them out anytime at edf-rg.com. The official commercial fire alarm services and solutions provider of TMA. It's engineered, designed facilities. EDF's fire division is now testing, inspecting, and maintaining the fire system on all commercial kitchen and restaurant hoods. They can handle all of your company's security and surveillance needs, from surveillance cameras to access card readers to facial recognition software and everything in between. That is E-D-F. And Jackson's wearing Muggsy. Check out his pant, bro. That's right. You better believe I'm wearing Muggsies. Aw, Bill. When I was down in Jamaica, I was wearing the shorts to play golf. I then took the shorts off and put on the pants, the joggers, for a dinner that night. I mean, that's the best one-two punch I've ever heard of. Didn't they get your nuts roasted, though? Oh. In the winter, what it does is it, it, it helps warm your nuts, keeps your acorns nice and toasty. Oh, but what it does in the summer is it makes your balls feel like they're on vacation. Mm. Yeah. And it's the best of both yeah. ones, you know. It's it's the it's the both of them. You get comfort and style. You look great and feel even better. And that's you know you don't have to compromise style for comfort yeah. when you're rocking mugsy. It's not just jeans. Of course, they got the world famous jeans and strain insane stretch material moves and grooves with you. Gives you airflow down below. They also got job joggers, shorts, cashmere, flannels, jackets, staples that every guy needs in their closet. So head to Muggsy.com right now. Go shop. You're going to see like three or four things you want. You just add them to your cart. Then you're going to click the promo code section. You're going to enter TMA. And what that's going to get you is 10% off your entire order with free shipping and free returns. Again, Muggsy.com, the promo code is TMA, 10% off your entire order. Free your balls once and for all and experience life-changing comfort with Muggsy. Oh, I have a Muggsy story. Oh, what do you we know have? How, how they gave each of us a, a sample Muggsy trouser? That's right. Well, I got mine, and I, I ordered too big a size, and I lost a, a little bit of weight, and they didn't fit me, so I gave them to my son, John. He said, nah, no, I don't want them. I don't need them. And he, he took them, put them on, and now that's all he wears. He wow. won't take them off. He won't take off these britches. He likes them so much. They're great. It's a special pant. Mm-hmm. The jeans are great. It's like sweats. It really is. That's what I traveled back home in. Yeah. S- saved the muggies, Muggsies for a nice trip home, and it was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're very comfortable. Comfortable pant is what they mm-hmm. are. Can't beat them. Uh, check out Mantality today at LowTUSA.com. Go to LowTUSA.com. It's Mantality. If you're dealing with symptoms of low testosterone, Mantality, a local healthcare facility specifically dedicated to helping men feel and perform at their very best, can help you. If you're dealing with low energy, motivation, weight gain, muscle loss, fatigue, tired all the time, feeling anxious, moody, irritable, impatient, anxious, depressed, those are symptoms of low testosterone. Mentality can save the day at LowTUSA.com. The normal range for testosterone is large. If you've been to a doctor and they told you that you were normal without understanding the range or testing your free testosterone, it wasn't fully looked at. Come get checked out with Mentality. Testosterone therapy helps men regain normal function and restore their ability to perform normally at all levels. It's Mentality. Go to LowTUSA.com. All right, get involved on the program, 314-881-TMA5. That's the text number, Engineer Design Facilities Text Inbox, 636-9004-TMA. That's the number for our phone lines, the Steve Schmidt Kia of North County Phone Lines. And, of course, email in the morning after at InsideSTL. Dot com for our design air heating and cooling email of the day. Uh, Doug Iggy had a huge tease. He on did the, have a nice little tease. 7 o'clock yeah. hour, and uh, now he's going to deliver on it, and this appliance discounter is 8 o'clock okay. hour. Iggy, go ahead. Sorry, I was wishing Jay Williamson a happy birthday. Uh, uh, uh. Um, 
<laughs> so I was, uh, you know, the uh, Pebble Beach program finished yesterday. Yeah. Because of the darkness and weather and all kinds of stuff. Uh, okay. Justin Rose. Congratulations, okay. Justin Rose. Maybe yeah. he's back. Friend of the show. Um, but I was reading an article where uh, Keith Mitchell, who I played last week in our game, Doug, and he didn't make the cut. This week he finished second. Way to go. Uh, but he also finished second with his playing partner, Josh Allen. Did he? The Pro-Am was won by um, Aaron Rodgers. You know him from the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I've heard the name. And uh, his handicap is a three, but at Pebble Beach he's playing to a ten. And Who uh, gave him the ten? Well, I think they... Plowsy, what in the world are you opening up now? <laughs> no, I actually am interested, Iggy, in who decides the handicaps. Is it Aaron Rodgers? Or I is think it Aaron Rodgers is a great guy. No, I... Yeah. Uh, the tournament officials... Because, well, then he can't be a sandbagger, right? Well, but they, they put into effect, uh, you know, the course, Pebble Beach, and the courses you play, like Spyglass Hills and that. And somehow they figure in the crowd. Uh, he's probably three <coughs> worse than that because he has to play in front of people. Uh, so it's, it's not a, an exact science. But Keith Mitchell, I don't think, was happy with him being a three to begin with and then getting up to a ten. Uh, so he basically called him a sandbagger. So he wasn't happy. He, he finished second, and he didn't like Aaron Rodgers' handicap, and he called it bogus and said he's a sandbagger. Now, as it turns out, because they would just, you know, use everybody's handicap, what it turns out is is if you don't make the cut, I was listening to the No Laying Up podcast. That's my source. I was listening to that yesterday. Uh, that if you don't make the cut, the previous year they freeze your handicap, and Rodgers last year was a 10. And so that is why he was a 10 this year, even though he has dropped from a 10 to a 3. So he got to get seven strokes, which was certainly helpful in their victory. And obviously, he's playing much better. So if he's out there shooting around, you know, four to five over, I mean, it depends because it's course by course and tee by tee. But they, I know they played the white tees because my friend of mine played out there this past week, um, played with Grayson Murray, and uh, they played the white tees. And he's a, he's a scratcher plus one that... That is super advantageous to be getting pops, you know, on 10 holes. Holy crap. Mm. Well, then he should have gotten more than a 10. And he maybe did get more than a 10. Because if his index is 10-ish, then his course at Pebble Beach, I'm sure, is, you know, his course handicap was, I don't know, 12, 13. Hell, I don't know. But according to the article, I read that he played to a 3, and at the turn for this tournament, he was a 10. My whole thing is it's not... Now, I, I don't it's know. the Pebble Beach event pro-am rules, and, yeah. and and most of my understanding is it's not like most of the people are taking it real seriously anyway. It's not like there's a bunch of prize money out there. I would, imagine, I would imagine all those amateurs leading up to the tournament practice more than they've ever practiced before. If they're going to be on TV. And... Well, there was a screenshot that was going around, and I'm not saying it's fake, but it, it showed Rogers posted scores at Green Bay Country Club. I don't even know if that exists, but who knows, in late January and early February. And for those who do post scores, you know that if you're in St. Louis, you can, you can play golf all you want, but the scores won't be accepted until March 1st. They shut it down, I think, in November well, Green Bay is beautiful in late January. Yeah, I mean, so if I'm they sure had a the warm front, maybe they made an exception. So yeah, I was like, okay, that, that must have been, wow. I would, I mean, if I had to bet, it wasn't real. Because they're like, he tried to post some high numbers so his handicap could be higher for the Pebble Beach thing. And I'm like, well, yeah, if he was down in Arizona or Florida or, you know, somewhere in the, in the world where it was warm, the scores will be accepted. You can post scores in Florida right now. 
Uh, you can probably post scores in Florida year-round, but you can't post scores in St. Louis, and therefore, Doug, I don't know, but logic would tell me that you couldn't post scores in Green Bay right I, now. I wouldn't think so. No. Unless it's an indoor course. Right. And I think Green Bay indoor Country Club is golf a retractable roof. Yeah, I don't, and I don't believe that the uh, amateurs played the fourth round. This year they didn't. I think that the 30 top pro-am pairings normally do, but because of the conditions and the Monday finish, yeah. I think that it they didn't play. I think that the, this year was a different deal. Yeah, I think so. They only played three rounds with the pro with the amateurs. Well, is it a big deal? Well, they who wins or these not? guys. Some of these guys really want to win it. They um, get a lot of money. It's a prestige thing, kind of like the not, fan page club championship. Yeah. Okay. Like, you want to be a fan page club champion. Well, That's why true. so many people forfeit. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Ray Romano. Every year, his big thing was he tried to make the cut. All he wanted to do was make the cut. And I think he did one year. But these guys, they want to win. Well, sure, they're competitive. They want to win, but... Hey, Ken, great story. You can't tease your way out of a wet paper bag. That's oh. from Big Tough. Not happy with the story. What'd that do to you? <laughs> This Rogers deal smells of fan page club championship. Mm. Ken will try to work this garbage to his advantage. That's from Mr. 63011. Mm. Yes, a golf cart that flies like the wind. Well, I don't know how you can. I have a handicap. And you just go by the handicap. That's what the fan page club championship is. The people that don't have a handicap or go through Gint, those things, I don't even think we accept those anymore. Yeah. And I think I went down. I don't know why. I haven't posted a score. My handicap's down to 17.3, I think. Mr. Licks, who is on a mission to get Jackson, I think. He says it's not like he said he was a 10.5 and then proceeded to shoot a 96. Mm. Oh, whatever. Mm. <laughs> mm. This dude's so weird. Blocking! He yeah. like, couldn't be a nicer guy when he calls in to me, and then he, yeah, whatever. I yeah. thought he made a face turn last week when he was trying to win the... Yeah, yeah, surprise, the surprise, he's a fraud. That's the reason he didn't win, now he's back to normal. Being a dick. Plowsy's making lunchable pizzas. Uh, you're supposed to warm those up a little bit, aren't you? <laughs> Not these. Not those ones. Those are special lunchables. Really? Yeah. He's got like a priest son sitting over there. Too. Tim, you can attest, the second day we played in Jamaica, I played a lot better than I did the first day. That is correct. Yeah. There was a. I heard you almost got a hole-in-one, too. Yes. I was very close. Yeah. Truly did. Not like, oh, yeah, and then it wound up being. It was. It landed maybe at the most two feet from the cup, and it was on a, a path to go in. Yeah. And the drink cart was right there, too. That's been, right. It would have been perfect. With our guy Delroy. We had yeah. Delroy again, Iggy. Oh, the goat. Delano? I had Everett. Delano, Delroy. I had Everett. Everett was nice. He couldn't even find some of the balls I hit. Uh-oh. And these guys are masters at knowing exactly where the ball goes. I, I had some of the worst shots I've hit in my life. He, he gave up. Said, I can't find that. Sounds like Stan. Stan at Bell Reef. <laughs> he gave up after hole two. He's like, oh, this isn't going to be wrong. Elvis, Elvis loved me and Plowsy because we picked up on half the holes. So we yeah. didn't have to do any work. Yeah, I was like, mark it. I'm good. Huh. Doug, I have uh, fun with audio galore here. I feel like we have strong fun with audio. Maybe okay. I'm off the mark. Well, we need that. Uh, I have Nick Sirianni. Uh, Nick Sirianni getting asked if the Super Bowl is a must-win game. <laughs> yeah, was that one of the kids? I have Stephen A. Smith and Jay Williams uh, getting in a personal argument, debating Kyrie Irving going to the Mavericks. Oh, that made a lot of... Made the rounds on Twitter and Instagram yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm very pleased to say I haven't seen it, so I know nothing about it, which just shows my withdrawal from society, which I'm thoroughly enjoying. Uh, Mid-30s mother says she has to breastfeed her husband on a vacation in Puerto Rico. 
That sounds interesting to me. And finally, Alex Cooper's Call Her Daddy podcast trailer for Adam Levine with extremely serious and dramatic music and production. There you go, Doug. Okay. One, it sounds like a wonderful potpourri mm-hmm. of fun with audio. It Jackson, does. if you've listened to them all, what one would you say is the best? The Sirianni one is, like, extremely short, so I don't even know if it's, like, worth playing. It's, like, three seconds long, as you can imagine with that question. Um, I really like both the Stephen A. one because it's super awkward, and I think the Call Her Daddy one just cracks me <laughs> up. It's, like, the most serious production I've ever heard. <laughs> so Didn't she turn down, like, $20 million? No, she took, like, a ton of money from Spotify. Oh, okay. She left Barstool for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was a $65 million deal. Yeah, and she kept her all her IP and stuff. Good for her. Go off queen. Wouldn't any of us Did you ever say go off queen? No, never said it before. (laughs) I was just thinking I'd I'd leave TMA for $65 million on Spotify. (laughs) I'd have to think about it. Sorry, fellas. You'd leave anybody and anything for $65 million, wouldn't you? I'd do anything for $65 million. Would you? A teabag of volcano. I don't care. Teabag of volcano? What in the world? Uh, all right, uh, play with fun with audio. Pick your pick okay. your pace. All right, I'm going to pick Because he's been a long lunchable. I haven't heard this one, so I'm excited. It's awkward. First off, I'm not the one. I don't deny that. I'm being sensitive. I don't deny that. But you're the one that seemed very emotional. Oh, right my God. And it's subject matter, Stephen what, A. Go ahead, Jay. Come on, man. Go ahead, Jay. Come on, man. Go ahead, Jay. I'm not, I'm not sitting up here on national TV absolving Kyrie Irving of every every decision. I'm not going back and reaccounting every decision. I'm just saying how it's interesting to me. It just carries such a bigger momentum, in particular with you, more so than anything anybody else. Jay, you know what? What I would what I would ask you is do me a favor. Stop telling us what you find interesting and just tell us what you feel. No, my job. You you say you say I find it interesting. You always say that. Say what you saying. What are you saying? What did I just? What are you saying? It seemed, what am I saying? I just said what I'm saying, Stephen A. Which is? And I'm not allowed to say what I find interesting. Of course you are. But like, once again, of you course I invite you person. on the show to you say lay- what's interesting. He thinks you're too preoccupied with Kyrie, too hard on Kyrie. I don't seem to be the one being triggered right now. Well, it's, I'm always triggered. No, you're not. Oh, yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you are not. Okay. I've seen you. <laughs> no, I watch no, no your problem. show every so, day. So what right, do you, are I we talking with about you? Kyrie or is this personal? It, it seems well, personal. I don't want it to be personal. What seems personal? So. It seems personal for you. For me with Kyrie? Yes. You One million people, percent. You of all people with all the interest you have got the nerve to sit here in national television and tell me I'm getting personal with a player? I don't lose no sleep. I didn't say you lose I sleep. I don't lose any sleep over Kyrie. I didn't Kyrie say you lose sleep. I'm, I'm passionate about the subjects I'm passionate about. I don't accuse you of getting personal when you take the You have accused me of getting personal. Oh, my God. You have, Stephen A. Can can I go on the court? I'm going to leave it. Can I go on the court real quick? Because I'd like to. Because when we started off. We both got a lot to say. You you do? Yeah. You do? Just say it, Jay. Can I? Just say it, Jay. I'm not in here for that. I'm not in here for that. Just say it, Jay. I'm on your show. Okay. That was exhausting. What was the. So who likes Kyrie and who doesn't? That wasn't addressed. I, I can't take Stephen A. For what? Very much. No. <laughs> I'm on. I'm on the other guy's stuff. side. More made-up stuff. He's upset because he said this interests me. That's what well, I'm it's, upset about. I'm always triggered. No, you're not. Oh, yes, I am. No, you're not. <laughs> yes, I am. No, you are not. <laughs> that was my favorite that, that, part. That part it sealed it for me. I know what I am, hell? but what are you? <laughs> yeah. And where was that? That's on ESPN. I guess. Ah, uh, yeah. Doug, uh, the audience, uh, (laughs) are you seeing this, Jackson? Oh, yeah. I saw it during the whole thing. Kind of gave a little more legs to the audio. Do you know what the audience is unhappy with? Anybody want to guess here inside of the (laughs) McRib? Oh, they didn't hear it? 
Mox, they didn't hear any of it? Ox on, ox off. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sakes. Well, we got to hear it again? No, no. Everyone on the podcast will hear it, and everyone who listens live heard it. But if you're on YouTube. But the 300 people oh. watching on YouTube. It's just dead silent. Oh, 249, I'm sorry. And at the worst possible time, too, I just called out everyone yesterday for leaving me alone about my... No, it's all good. Mm. <laughs> Back on now. Oh, my God. Look at the YouTube chat. You oh, I bet they are freaking... You didn't miss much. Every one of them. Trust me, you didn't miss much. I don't know. I still think they deserve to hear the clip. I don't think. I don't think so, Doug, you want to hear it again? Yeah. The podcast will be up here momentarily. Couldn't they just go to another search YouTube themselves? Here you go. I'll play just, just, well, just go to I'm YouTube and tricked. type it no, in. No, you're not. Oh, yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you are not. Okay, <laughs> okay that's a little yeah, snippet that's pretty of much what you got with that. And so many people watch that show that they can pay Stephen A., what, $10 million a year or something for that? Hey, he's making more than that. Is oh, it? yeah, he's making more than that. Yeah, I think it's $18 million. Oh, Well, I guess he got sponsors. So. Look, nothing's a bigger rip of a con. At least he works every day. Tony Romo makes $18 million work one day a week, and <laughs> yeah, it's terrible at his job. Romo, so, Lars Newfar, <laughs> and Eli Drinkwitz. Yeah, those are your guys. Who's Never your fourth Mount Rushmore? Man, that's a no. tough one. I would say Moselock. Yeah, Moselock does not say. Which then just leads me right into the uh, approval rating uh, Twitter tweets mm. polls I put up yesterday. I told uh, Jackson on, uh, <laughs> on Balloon Party, I'll come out of Twitter retirement just briefly. Uh, for uh, posting these, and um, and Doug, uh, we asked the approval rating for both Doug Armstrong and John Mazalak. What do you think? I got three thousand four. How about this? How about this? How about this? Just it? tells you. And this upsets blues people, but I don't I mean it's just the way that it is. Um, and I guess we're probably going to start to see some of this coming in with the uh, the, the dogs. That's because that that's that's coming on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mark my words on that one. That the interest you can't control interest level. People are interested in what they're interested in. Right. You can't make people interested no. in something. I, I realize ESPN is on a quest to make people care about the WNBA, but you can't make people care about the WNBA. No. Uh, so uh, three thousand four hundred ninety-eight responses on my question asking whether or not you approve or disapprove of the job John Mazzalek's doing, and at the, uh, virtually the exact same time I posed the question. Uh, asking, uh, do you approve or disapprove of the job Doug Armstrong is doing? And uh, the cardinal question got about 2.2x number of responses. How about that? Uh, so, with that all said, mm. uh, Doug, what do you think the approval rating was for John Mazalak on the Twitter tweets? 3,500 voters. Oh, I'll say 40%. Has anybody seen the answer before I go around the dais? I haven't. No. Uh, Iggy, fire a bullet then. Did you say he had more votes on Mosaic than the Blues? Yes, like 2.1, 2.2 2. 2 times wow. as many. Uh, I'll say if you had that many people are voting, they, they don't go out of their way to praise them. So I'm going to say it's like 31%. Pollock. 48%. Jackson, have you seen it? No, I'm going to say 44%. 59.1% approve. Oh, wow. good. How about that? Yeah, it it should be that high. You got a lot of B-fibs following you. And if you took the poll... <laughs> I, would be, I would be surprised if I guess went back to my 2009 version of Twitter. If you took, I, would, I would clean it out real quick. If you took the poll in September when the Cardinals were about to win a division or something, it would be higher. Just like Armstrong's numbers right now are probably lower than they have been for a couple of years. What do you think Armstrong's numbers? Uh, 60. They, 72. Plot. 85. Jackson. 55. 
I mean, Ken Strode might as well just claim a prize. Mm. 71.6. And oh. I'm going to round that up to yeah, 72. Up, yeah. yeah, he ships it. 72%. I would have thought the Mazalak number would be lower. The Armstrong one was about where I thought it would be in the 70. I thought it would be a little higher probably, yeah. actually. Well, we do have two guys that are considered among the best in the industry by their peers, I think. But locally, you would agree that Mazalak catches, and I'm not saying it's undeserved or deserved. I'm just doing what we do. We certainly get into now with the 101 ESPN thing. I certainly see probably another side. Uh, Mazalak catches a hell of a lot of grief in St. Louis. And oh, I mean, yeah. by the way, that number on Mazalak started out where it was disapproval for like the first thousand and I don't know what happened over the final couple thousand votes, but it went from he was it was like forty eight percent approval, and then by the time I woke up this morning and the poll was closed, yeah. it was nearly sixty percent approval. That's how elections go these days. <laughs> you think, think Mo had his friends tech? I don't think vote. he could care no. any less. No, no I think he should go on McKernan's Twitter and vote for me. Um, I wonder if that's like overall. People are voting overall over the last 20 years or just... That's the thing about approval uh, poll. It's it's totally subjective. Yeah, but that's how, that is literally how the phrasing goes for an approval rate. Yeah, because I'm going to say if it's just here, I mean, he went out and got uh, a catcher. That's it. I would say, just, okay, if you if I think if you change that to what is your approval rating of what Mosaic has done this off season, I think it'd probably be in like the high 20s. Well, I think people like Doug Armstrong because, I mean, he... He makes moves consistently every year. And I'm not saying Mosaic the last couple trade deadlines have been really good. But I, I, I think Doug Armstrong's willingness to kind of, you know, not have, you know, David Backus contract, not have a Petrangelo contract, even though Petrangelo would be good to have right now. I, I, I don't think he just, you know, gives the charity contracts like Mosaic has given in the past. He doesn't no have the money to, to do that. Well, that's true. I just think he has a lot more balls. Good or bad, I, I think, uh, and he seems to be a little bit more personable, obviously, too, for, you know, everyday Joe Schmo. I think him and Stillman are a little bit more relatable as well. Well, I, that, that could be. I, I, I really do think that there is something to that, which I'm sure some people are hearing you say that and, and, and dismissing it. I do think that there's something specifically, not necessarily to Armstrong's personality, because I don't think Armstrong's personality is is really one way or the other when he's dealing with the media in the limited in, in times I've interacted with him. Uh, great guy, truly great guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I think Mazelak's a great guy. But I also, but here's the difference: I understand you can recognize the things that don't play well with the public, and and in particular, it's also kind of a market by market or region by region. I mean, region of the country by region. Like if you were to not that either one of these guys talk about God a lot, but that would play well. I mean, like an SEC football coach like has to check the box of being a Christian uh, at their press conference. Uh, but if you were the head coach at USC, they'd go, what in the hell are you talking about that for? You see what I'm saying? So here, it's a, it's a, it, the way Mazalak talks irritates people. So I think there's that part. But I think primarily there's just a sense that the Blues are trying to win. And, and when it's not working, they will then try to win, but recognize they'll have to take a step back as opposed to just kind of live in this bell curve of we're kind of in, we're kind of out, we're kind of in, we're kind of out, and then never really making the move. And I think people like that because they feel like their investment emotionally is being reciprocated by the organization financially. And, and I, I think that's what's lacking right now with Cardinal fans in particular over about the last 
seven years. I want to make it clear, I'm not saying that necessarily the data would back that up financially, but I think that's the sense in the market. And part of the sense is contributed to by the way Mazalak talks. He's usually the spokesperson for the business side of the baseball decisions. DeWitt, not as much. He'll do interviews here and there, but it's Mazalak, even though Gersh is the general manager. And so I think that is... I really do think that's a big part of it. Like we talked about yesterday with LaRusa before they won the pennant and how people were down on him. Well, and and people in general, certainly in St. Louis, are much more critical about baseball than they are hockey. It's easier to analyze baseball players because they have nice, tidy little stats and you know exactly what they've done and what they've contributed. And a lot of people couldn't tell you what a lot of the Blues players contribute. They don't know the X's and O's of hockey. They don't know if Nick Letty is a good player or a bad player. They, they know who's scoring goals and assists. But beyond that, it's harder to tell who's really a, a quality player and, and who's not. Baseball, it's very easy. Very easy to tell. And almost everybody played some form of baseball or softball or something. And so they think they've got an, an idea of how the sport should be played and who should be playing it. And it's a lot easier to be critical of a baseball team than a hockey team. Well, if you actually, I think the two trades that the Cardinals wouldn't have made that the Blues made was, you know, Tage Thompson was a fantastic prospect. Obviously, you know, Cardinals kind of covet those. Obviously, they have more cost control in Major League Baseball for those prospects than hockey. But they had a great year the year prior. I think, you know, made it to the Western Conference Finals, I'm not mistaken, with Brower. But they, what are you talking about? When, when they made a trade for O'Reilly? Yeah, that was uh, that was in 2019. 2019, okay. But the, I mean, they had a solid club. They traded a top but they, prospect. But they hadn't been picks. to the Western Conference Final in three years. They okay. missed the playoffs in 17 and 18. So I and also I look at you know a TJ. I'm Oshie, sorry. I'm sorry I apologize. The, the trade for O'Reilly was 2018. It was for the 18-19 season. Okay. Apologize. Okay. No, you're fine. And trading TJ Oshie for Brower to make a cup run. I mean, he was the most popular player in St. Louis. Yeah, that was weird. That was a weird one too. Not saying love it or hate it. I, I just think they had, you know, kind of the the balls to do that, and so to say. And I don't think the Cardinals are looking to trade top prospects in order to get to that next level because you don't want to mortgage the future. And I, I get that as well. I just think that's why people kind of appreciate Doug Armstrong more as he does more. But then I wonder if the the if it's only fair to enter into the conversation that which everybody knows but is a, a key ingredient in why one handles things one way and one handles it the other way, and that is the Cardinals are not dealing with a cap, the Blues are, and the value of having the cost-controlled player prospect is is greater in Major League Baseball because of no cap. And I, I'm not saying that is real, I'm just saying it, it, it and by an is real, it is a real thing, but is it a real part of the equation that a prospect's value in the NHL, certainly a Connor Bedard situation would be different, but perhaps isn't as valuable as a prospect's value in Major League Baseball if you're not the, you know, you have Steve, going on with Steve Cohen or take your pick of another organization that just throws money around. Uh, let's see what we got here. A bunch of texts coming in. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals are one of the most successful Midwestern franchises in all of sports, up there with the Green Bay Packers and Pittsburgh Penguins. No logical person is upset about there being a competitive team all summer in the boring city of St. Louis. Mm. You were just complaining about trading top prospects for Marzo- Marcelo Zuna, you troll. Oh. That's from Mr. Slave. Marcelo Zuna, wasn't that like five or six years ago? 
Doug Hughes yeah. traded in 2018, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It was after Stanton didn't want to move here. For Alcantara. And they told Yelich wouldn't, uh, wouldn't I think be I was, traded. I think I was all for the trade. I probably was wrong at the time, but Sandy Alcantara, I think, was two years away from being relevant. So I think yeah. I liked the Marcelo. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, yeah, I grew up in a small Midwestern town called Pittsburgh. <laughs> no. Yeah, we pushed the Midwest small market, like the people that love Moselock and love to do, like, they pushed that small market to mm-hmm. death. Even though you have billion-dollar TV contracts, you're selling three or four million seats a season. You have just bobbleheads out the yin-yang. Mm-hmm. You, you, you got people lined up out the door to come to— I mean, I, I just— well, I hate. we have it. We I'm, don't have anything else no, in this town. I get, No, I love it. I love it. Just when people go, oh, well, the reason why they're not spending, we're a small market. It's, I mean, that, that to me is— just irrelevant when it comes to television contracts. No, and that's baseball. exactly why it is relevant because of television contracts. Because of local television contracts, they make much more in L.A., New York, Chicago than they do in St. Louis and Kansas City. And but we also sell out. I, I just I, to make it sound like we're a poverty-ridden franchise. No, they're not. That's that. annoying. That annoys they're not me. That, but they don't have the the TV money that the that the Yankees have. To oh, one hundred percent. No, I get it. I get. It. I get it. You don't have the money like the Yankees and the Mets. And that and money the may be coming way down with the Bally Sports situation too. It may get considerably worse here in the short term. God, that is tough. Are they still broadcasting? Like, have they shut off the lights yet on Bay? Are they still? <laughs> no, I'm being serious. So. I didn't know like how that process worked. Well, the blues are still on, so I'm, they haven't shut off the I, lights. I, I wouldn't know. Honestly, I gave up. I deleted the app. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. Guys, I absolutely love the snark and sassiness of Mo. Who cares if it pisses off the country bumpkin <laughs> public school educated folks in mm. rural Missouri? If he started to pander to them by talking more straight and slowly, <laughs> I'd actually lose interest in the oh. Cardinals. You think they want a fan from Ledoux or a fan from Rolla? You be the judge, Doug. That's from Mr. Licks. Mm. I can't disagree with that text at all. I'm back on the train. I'm back on the Lex train. That's a good one. Go watch some of those caravans in those cities. They send eight players you never heard of, and there's 9,000 people showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now large new I I guess if you're talking about most successful small-town Midwestern franchises, the Kansas City Chiefs have creeped into that conversation, too. What did they run their division seven years in a row? It's tough, though, to... To draw parallels with the NFL and Major League Baseball, yeah. right? Yeah, just for just for winning teams in smaller markets. Yeah, I mean, everybody's sure, selling it's, it's a games. totally different business model. Well, it's the revenue share. That's why you could have a franchise in Green Bay, Wisconsin, which is market what? 80, 90, 100? Yeah. Hell, I don't know. What size market is Green Bay? Oh, say 86. That's probably the ballpark. 70s, maybe? 68. 68. I just have my number. I'm dyslexic. Dyslexic. <laughs> that too. Dyslexic thing is great. <laughs> uh, good morning. St. Gabriel's got their first win yesterday in the seventh grade tournament. Thanks. That's from the 3 Yeah, the first of however many it takes to win the tournament. Are you going to the semifinals this I year? won't. No, I know what happens. <laughs> I know who wins. Got to take some of the starch out of it. The problem with Plowsy on the Cardinal topic is, number one, he loves to troll the Cardinals. Number two, he talks out of both sides of his ass. One day, mm. they are morons for not bringing up a prospect, and then two months later, they are morons for not trading those same players away. When the Cardinals are discussed, Plowsy's mic should just be turned off. Oh. That's from January Milagro Tequila Listener of the Month, Beer Cats. Mm. 
Must be on a break or something. Pretty early. <laughs> Stop marrying ketchup for the 11 o'clock open. Oh. Pepper was arguing earlier that we're a small market. Now Jeannie is arguing that we're a big market. This tandem is definitely on a Martin Lewis-style trajectory of permanent separation. That's from the new bull hell. I didn't even mention anything about the market size. Me and Iggy I just talked about the texture. said, uh, we're a small Midwestern city like Green Bay and Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't think anybody says Pittsburgh's in the Midwest. Yeah, I don't That's get the only that thing I said. I don't know. I don't know how big we are. Who cares? <laughs> and my opinion can change, just like everybody else can change. Where does the Midwest start? Is that like Ohio? I think Louisiana? Louisiana? I think Colorado's considered Midwest. I don't think so. I wouldn't consider That's it Rocky Midwest. Mountains. Some people consider it Midwest. Like, I think it's like Cleveland to the western part of Kansas and then everything in between. Yeah, I'll, west I'll of Kansas. That. I'll accept it. Yeah. Now, the question is, like, how far north and south does it go? In Minnesota, they call themselves the upper Midwest. Oh, okay. it ain't Minnesota. It ain't Michigan. But I feel like Arkansas and below would consider themselves the south. Michigan's not the Midwest. I, it's... What well, is it? On. Is it the North? Detroit. Great, people great. In Detroit. King of the North. People in Detroit consider themselves Midwesterners. Really? Yeah. Detroit is no, pretty far east. Yeah, that's They a... consider themselves Midwesterners. I've heard Iggy Pop say I came from a mid Midwestern city just north of Detroit. See, it needs to be from the Dakotas to Michigan and Minneapolis. That needs to be its own upper Midwest That's region. what they call it. The upper Midwest? Yeah. Okay, then it's not the Midwest. It is. It's just the upper Midwest. It's like the upper peninsula of Michigan is still Michigan. Come on, we got the western Midwest, and that's Colorado, okay. No, I that's mean, not everybody the can be Midwest. the Midwest if that's you tag That's the Rocky a... Mountain region. Detroit is further east than some parts of the panhandle of Florida. Doug, Windsor, Ontario is, is south of Detroit. Think yeah, about it. that's fun. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. What city is exactly, to the centimeter, exactly in the middle of the United States? It, I think it's Fort Independence, Smith. Missouri, something like that. Oh, it's Fort Smith, Kansas. There's a Fort Smith, Arkansas. I didn't know there was a Fort Smith, Kansas. Fort Scott, Kansas. Or is it Fort Riley? It's Do you Fort have Riley. the answer, Iggy, or is this just... No, I'm just asking, <laughs> where can you go and I'm... You, I thought it was rhetorical. No, you could be in a state and you just step on a little line and say, I am right in the middle of the United States right now. Dead center of the U.S. is... No. Uh... South Dakota. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. Bell Forge. Bell Forge, South Dakota. Are they counting Alaska? Lebanon, Kansas. There's a bunch of it. Lebanon, Kansas seems to be the consensus. I'm looking at the... This is, of course, the continental U.S. The smallest markets. I wanted to see what market is the smallest. I think it's Glendive, Montana. You got it, bud. Yep. Mm. Market was market 212. Is that still how many markets are? I think two disappeared. Mm. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, lost a couple of markets. Yep. Wow, it's so small. Oh, boy. How do you yeah. think we'd play there? Oh, I think we'd be big in Montana. I think so, probably. <laughs> there we go. Are we still on HD2 there in Glendive, <laughs> or do we make that leap? They probably podcast in Glendive. <laughs> like Listen to our podcast. It's 912 in St. Louis. We'll wrap up the appliance discounters, 8 o'clock hour. Uh, come back with our Maggie O'Brien's 9 o'clock hour. This is the Ryan Kelly morning after from the Michelob Ultra Studios.